Hey, welcome to I Do But Differently. This is a podcast featuring myself, Austin, and Denny. And we basically wanted to start a podcast that talks to the wedding community and see how everybody does things a little bit differently. So that's the kind of the name of the podcast, I Do But Differently. So yeah, just kind of kicking that off. Yeah, those unique experiences. Where did we start and why are we unique? You know, in my history, where I came from was in sound and audio and lighting and in bands and and doing all sorts of different things like that. And so, and I want to get into my story in a little bit too. But I've I've always been kind of curious, like learning and hearing other people's stories. How did how did you take maybe this talent, this passion, or this desire of photography? And, and put it into a, a daily business that's so unique, that's so interesting, and uh, and people love it, and they they cling to it almost. Like, and why did you choose Kansas City? So there's two questions here. Like, yeah, like your talent, your passion, like your backstory a little bit with photography, and then why did you choose weddings? Sure. Okay. Cool. So uh, basically, my wife and I were getting married. I had a really there's a really awesome photographer. Uh, they go by Colby and Jess. Um, he took my senior pictures when I was, uh, when I was living in Waynesville and he, he was just a really phenomenal photographer did a lot of photos for some cool uh, music artists that I was into at the time. And, uh, so I'd always wanted him to do any kind of photos for me. And so when we were getting married, I knew that he had kind of joined that life of destination wedding photographer. And so I was like, Hey, babe, I've got the hookup. No worries. So I hit him up checked out his pricing and he was great. He was more than fair with me, but then I, my brain started to tinker and I was like, you know what, what if, what if we use that money for our wedding photography and we used it to buy ourselves a camera and then I could work on the side to try to book gigs to pay that camera off because I've always wanted to get into photography. Right. So what if we use that as the opportunity? So we did, uh, we got a, we got like a really kind of a basic camera set up, you know, as much as we could afford at the time and started working our way into, you know, training to, for this big event, which was our own <laughs> our right, wedding. Right. Um, so we wanted to get kind of familiar with our camera and stuff like that. And so we had our wedding, we got married and then, then we get back to um, the mainland. We got married in Hawaii. Uh, we get back to the mainland and we started to kind of tinker around with like what it looked like to take pictures. Um, shortly after that, my wife and I, like, we were looking at different cameras and stuff like that because, like, though we had a camera, it wasn't quite the level that I really thought I could sell some people on. And so I was like, Kristen, if we could just, if we just spend a little bit more, mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. could just drop a little bit of change on like a really nice camera. I 100% think I can make that money back. We booked a couple, like, or I'd booked a, like a couple small family sessions something like that. Um, but I was like, it's just not exactly where it needs to be yet. Now, how long ago was this? So this was back in 2017. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So not, not all that long ago. Um, or that's when we got married and then literally 20, like 18 January of 2018 is when I rolled in here with like a new camera setup. I was ready to go. I did a free, uh, engagement session, engagement session for a couple that wasn't engaged. I just knew them. And I knew that, um, her boyfriend was from Norway and they were, uh, they, they were doing like this long distance relationship and I knew he was coming home for a little bit, but they were both really cute. And I was like, Hey, would you be down for like a free session when he gets into town? And of course she was like ecstatic about it. She really wanted to take the pictures. I was like, this is great. So I went out there and I put everything out there. And when we were done, 
they were amazing. The photos were great. Um, we went out, it was like a sunrise session, super cold, did it for free. But that free session, uh, is the first thing that led to our very first wedding. And, uh, and the reason for that being her cousin was getting married and she loved the photos so much. She told her cousin and her cousin didn't have much money. And I was like, I don't know what to charge. Like I've, I've seen these people charge, uh, all kinds of uh, rates out there. And so I was like, would you, could you handle $300? You know, when you first come into the market, you don't have any confidence. You're right. like, okay, I don't know mm-hmm. what my skill set is. I don't know if the, what I'm going to be able to deliver is even good. So you just kind of ballpark throw out a number. And that was my number $300. <laughs> and, uh, at the time I was working at quest diagnostics full time. I had a buddy there. Um, still have a buddy. He just doesn't work there anymore. Uh, <laughs> named uh, Dylan and him and I started to get to work on like, Hey, what do we need to do? If you're going to come with me to this wedding, I want to, I want to give them video. He's like, man, I want to be a part of this. I want to kind of join in if we can. So we get paid the $300. We then use that money to go buy all of us nice pants and uh, matching button down shirts. And so we had these black button down shirts and gray business pants for uh, this wedding. Cause I wanted us to look professional. I had the camera, my first camera, I handed it to him. I was like, Hey, you can use this to record the video. Um, basically this is how you do it in the whole entire wedding. He's like shaking <laughs> it around. Like he's so nervous. And like, I'm out there with this camera, just trying to figure out my, uh, you know, what I'm supposed to do. I'd never <clears throat> shot in a wedding party or done anything. They didn't have a DJ. It was like super low key wedding in the backyard in, uh, of their house in peculiar Missouri. Oh my, it was freezing. The, they had a pond in their backyard that was frozen over. She um, was expecting. And so there was all kinds of intricate things about this day that I just had never experienced at all. And we went ham. Like we went out there and we <laughs> laid it all on the line. Um, I put, I don't know if this is shameful at this point, but I put a pregnant woman <laughs> and her husband on the frozen pond and took some pictures of them there, which ended up being some of the catalyst photos to launch the rest of Austin Christian photography at the time. Um, so anyways, fast forward, fast forward. We're doing all this stuff. We're, we're kind of getting up, gearing up. Every single wedding we start booking was because of those photos. People are seeing it. They're like, oh, this is great. And I'm like, hey, we can, we can do photo and video together as a, um, as a kind of pair unit and I can give it to you cheaper than anybody else. And so I was like, we're, we're running in at $600. We were running in at $700. Like we just, every single wedding we started selling a little bit more than the last one, as long as we were able to kind of put out quality. And so we were like trying to do that. And then within the first year we had like 39 weddings, which was, it was okay. Um, I decided then, Hey, maybe next year, if we can continue booking weddings, maybe I can focus my time and go full in. And so um, it was about summertime. And basically I was like, I put in my two weeks and I was like, hey, let's let's do this. And so we, we just kind of rocked it out as as Austin Christian. And then we as we were kind of growing, uh, we, we started getting super busy. I, I brought in a friend. I was like, hey, do you want to maybe shoot some weddings as like a, an additional shooter for me? So we did that kind of thing for a bit. We were like the Austin Christian slash um, like second shooter kind of thing and experimenting as to, you know, what that looked like, how that processed, um, how people accepted it. And it got to be really difficult because people were just like, oh, we want Austin. Oh, we want Austin. 
And so I was like always trying to sell this, hey, you know, we're, we're trying to move into uh, a bigger type of company, but they didn't buy into it. Couples weren't loving the fact that they weren't getting Austin. Mm. And so uh, that's when I was like, okay, well, I think we have to, even though I didn't want to, we had built up this kind of name of Austin Christian. I, I was like, I think we have to kind of change how the whole business model looks and we have to change what, you know, how we're even recognized in the industry. And so um, we started going through the, I started going through the process of like renaming and just changing a lot about us. We added coordination. We had, we was like, okay, well maybe we can like get a little bit more out of this mm -hmm. if I can add in one more service and bring in another friend. Right. And so we started bringing in uh, another friend and we added coordination. And so it was great. Yeah. So fast forward, there's a lot of moving parts here. Uh, and I'm trying to like remember it all. Um, there's, there's also so much meat here. It's really hard to kind of give a, a brief history of right. your company right. on the fly. Right. But we're giving it a shot. So um, 2020, January 2020, I'm like, okay, this is a different company than before. Right. Before it was Austin Christian. There was a clear difference in like where, you know, I was versus my other photographers. And uh, like it, it kind of made sense to still go by Austin Christian, but eventually it got to the point where it's like, hey, we have a lot of things ironed out. It's not perfect yet. And it maybe never will be perfect, but like we are definitely a company now. Hmm. We're, we're something different. And so I felt comfortable changing the name to Aventi uh, Weddings. And January 1st of 2020 is when we officially rolled out the new name, which was a really good time to rebrand. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> While everything's shut down. Yeah. All they have to do is just sit and like watch ads on Facebook and Instagram yeah. and dream about being able well, to do a wedding. And it was wild. Like we were literally on the verge of, I had this two, two and a half week trip planned in Italy, uh, in March. And so January, nobody was, you know, knew anything going on. So it was totally fine. We launched and everything was good. And then we get into, you know, February, March. And of course everything starts shutting down. Mm -hmm. We end up going to Italy. It was like the epicenter at the right. time of all the crazy stuff. And we were literally doing this trip. It ended up being an amazing trip, by the way, like totally vacant Italy trip. Uh, we had private tours of the Louvre and of the Eiffel tower. And literally you could not have had a cooler trip, which is, you know, we had it on bad circumstances, I sure. guess, but like, it was so, so neat and so private. It was fun. Um, but I had this company yeah. waiting for me at home. Yeah. And the world was shutting down. Literally every town that we left, the day we left, they shut it down. Wow. We were ahead, a day ahead of everything. And we are in Paris, the final stint. We had like four or five days there. And like three days in, or two days in, or something like that, uh, we get word that the nation's shutting down. Like they're, they're closing up uh, America. Wow. And we're like, crap. <laughs> we we're going to get, get back. back. Yeah. <laughs> and as soon as I hear that, I start seeing online while in Paris, like our mayor here in Kansas city, starting putting restrictions on things and, and all this stuff. And I was like, crap. And then I'm having couples start to text me. Mm -hmm. This is when people were starting to wake up and they're like, uh, I'm not going to have a wedding this year, or I'm going to have to push it back, or there's going to have to be some restrictions and all kinds of crazy things. And so I had never been in this territory. Nobody had. But like, I was like, I'm a new company owner, kind yeah. of, um, like as it were, Aventi was very new. Um, 
I don't know what the right move is here, but essentially we decided to leave. We were like, okay, well, we got to go because I don't know if we're going to have to do these weddings or, or not. I have a wedding like a week after we get back or something like that. And we ended up getting back and it re- rescheduled. And so I was like, man, I could have stayed there. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyways, it was all this crazy stuff. We added uh, DJ that year. Yeah. And so we just started really, really the company just expanded. It, it, it was very organic in its growth. And like we would just meet people and we'd become friends with these people. And they were just really phenomenal artists or, or they wanted to be artists. And so mm. Aventi, mm. I've always thought of Aventi as this catalyst place where I could bring in friends or people that just really wanted opportunity. Mm. And I could bring them into a unique place that nobody else was offering, give them a spot to shine, give them a spot to grow or learn a new trait. Um, and so a lot of photographers at Aventi um, had never even picked up a camera before coming here. And so like training them up to get to the point where they're leading weddings and they're leading crews and families and all kinds of stuff. It was wild. It's wild to think that people can just do that. But uh, it's been so amazing to see all the talent that's just kind of sprung up um, just because of the community that's going on here. And so, yeah, uh, super excited about that. And then of course, like I said, we, we launched DJ and that was a new, a new sphere. Like we were, we were in all the spots at that mm-hmm. point. We were doing photography, we were doing videography, we were doing coordination and then DJ. And so I'd roll into weddings and then like, we'd have a full unit there completely of empty. Right. And it was weird. Yeah. Cause when I started, I was like, man, it'd be so cool to just be known in the, in the realm. I was doing, you know, super cheap weddings. Like nobody knew who I was. And then we get into these weddings a couple years later and we have every service there. Yeah. And we have people thanking us and the entire Venti crew, because like we're the ones that put on the entire wedding basically. And like, it was just surreal. And we're sitting there like, man, this is, (laughs) this is kind of a nuts thing. Um, then our partnership, yeah, uh, partnership kind of started a few, a few years later. Um, which we will kind of dive into at some point too. Yeah, but, I have some fun uh, things to talk about that too because it was really it was really interesting how that all kind of came around. Yeah, so absolutely. Well, that, that was kind of me. I love uh, that. Oh, I'm sure more will come of that later. Um, and I'll obviously talk about Eventi in the episodes to come. Yeah, uh, but just kind of a as brief as I can overview. That's that's who we are. You know, every person that I've ever come across that's in the wedding industry, they they have a similar kind of base of a story mm. and a concept that people, they fall in love with them and the uniqueness that they bring to the table. And they, they love the talent that they have as well. And it's, it's this kind of dual thing. I was just talking to one of my guys the other day about the win. Like, uh, if you ever, have you ever read the book raving fans? Mm. It's such a good book. And it really is. It's talking about, not just ways, but it's being very creative and in, in understanding of of what a fan actually is. If you look at fans of Michael Jordan, there were very few things that he could do wrong, even though there were things that he did do wrong. Uh, and and you know, if you if you watch some of the the uh, the biographies or if you read anything about him, there's a lot of detail uh, about Michael Jordan that would maybe turn you off. Mm. But you're such a huge fan of the talent and what he brought to the table and the excitement and just all the things about him on the court right. that people fell in love with and, and could do very little wrong. Yeah. And that's what a raving fan is. Like I'm we can such, forgive that because I love everything. Exactly. Else so much more, yeah. Right? I'm yeah. such a raving fan of you because I love the talent. I love the enthusiasm. I love the excitement. I love the personality. I love the, the person mm-hmm. that, uh, that comes out. And it's so cool. Like <clears throat> when 
and I'll, I'll just kind of dive in really fast on, on, on my background a little bit. Like my, my whole background for years were, was in the church and in the automotive industry. That was my life. It was, it was church on Sundays and during the week. And I'd run audio and sound and lighting and lead uh, different uh, different organizations, different groups, and different things like that within our church. Um, and then during the week, my my vocation was working in the automotive industry, uh, running uh, different uh, mechanic shops and for Firestone and and uh, in and out of obviously Kansas City to Tulsa to Austin, Texas, and so lots of different just areas that I've been able to be a part of and be able to be uh, with people that, you know, did really well, did really great jobs. Um, mechanics was fantastic. I love the numbers, the business side of it. I became very, uh, very, very knowledgeable of how to read a report and be able to see like, how is the business living and breathing? Mm. Like, what is the heartbeat of the business through the numbers? And that that's yeah, a, that's important. It was a very unique talent that I yeah. think that I picked up on. And if it wouldn't have been for Firestone, if it wouldn't have been for those leadership courses and the different things that you become certified in with them, then you, you, you don't see that. And so it, it, it's funny, like looking back all of the years that I have with all these things that I love to do set me up to become an entrepreneur and become kind of where I became like we left Austin, Texas in 2016. Um, and I told my wife earlier, uh, the year prior, I was like, I, I really want to start something that's magical that I can put my talent and my time and my effort into not just into what the church is doing, but something that I can call my own, something that I can be really proud of. And so we came up with uh, this thing. And I was like, I'm going to be a DJ. And I, I, I heard myself say it multiple times and I'm just like, what? Like, I'm, I'm going to be a DJ like that. That's weird to me. And I, I just, yeah, I at the time, thing. yeah, at the time I was just thinking, you know, uh, just a couple side gigs here and there, and it'll just kind of pick up a few things here and provide some extra income and stuff like that. And so we came up with the name, we came up with some logos, some marketing. What was your name at the time? It was Merp Entertainment. And people look at me and they go, what is Merp Entertainment? And I'm like, Merp? Yeah, it's like, you know, when you don't know what to say and you just go, Merp. Like that was my, that was, that's It makes the, sense. It makes sense. I get it. I, I never would have, like, if you would have gave me a list of five names and you had me choose one, would I have chosen Merp to say that that no. belongs to you? No, but it totally makes sense. Nobody does. It. and. It's funny now, like Brock gives me a lot of crap for it. He's like, man, like, where did they come up from? So in my, now, my who's mind, who's Brock, I know who Brock is, but oh, they might not know. Who so Brock is. Brock is the owner of elevate. He's a, a very close friend of mine. We became friends back in 2018 and uh, I'll get into that whole story here in a little bit, okay. but Brock gives me a lot of crap now. He's like, what did you come up with that name? I was like my vast marketing uh, <laughs> background and experience. Cause I'd never done that before. Yeah. You know, you're a business owner, you, ju you jump into it. I knew sales really well. I knew the, the business numbers, the, the, uh, the, the reporting. I knew the financials. I knew all of that. When it comes to marketing, man, like I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. I have no clue what I'm doing. So okay. I'm like, I want to create something that is going to stick in someone's mind. When I say merp, I want someone to go, never heard that before, <laughs> but that, Okay. So what it stood for was my middle daughter is Madison Elizabeth Ray Purdue. Okay. And so we wanted to create this family-based company. And yeah. even our slogan was, our family wants to celebrate with yours. And 
our family was very, uh, like very involved in every event. You know, right. my wife was a part of it. Even the girls would come and help every once in a while. My son would come and do things. And so I had all of these underage children helping carry in yeah, speakers and stuff. But, um, yeah, that, so that was the whole premise of it was trying to incorporate multiple things from each one of our kids and in our lives and our family. And, and that, that was the overall idea. We wanted to, you know, f- weddings are family based and, and our company wanted to be very family based and heart oriented and yeah. um, open to just different things and had no idea how to market that. And when we were in Austin, we did, uh, I did one event. I had a friend of mine that, um, that actually traded stereo equipment, sound equipment for, uh, for me to do his brake job on his car. Um, cause I was ASC certified in brakes and steering and suspension. Yeah. And so he traded out all this equipment. I got it all and it was great. Uh, it was big bulky JBL box speakers and, and, uh, you know, everybody starts somewhere. Right. And right. so I went to Guitar Center and bought me some flashy lights and a pole to put them on. And we did this college graduation party in Austin, Texas. And I think I charged three, four hundred dollars for it or whatever. It was like 50 bucks an hour is what yeah. it was. And um, so later on, I don't know, a few months later, my wife and I, we were talking and she's like, my sister's getting ready to start up a business in Branson. And she wants us to move up or she wants us to come visit and talk about what could happen here. And we both were in business at the time. You know, obviously I was running uh, a box store and, and operating, uh, running basically all the operations and sales for a box store. And, um, and she was uh, she was actually an executive with a college. And so she was running uh, recruitment and training for National American University mm. uh, in a region down in the Texas area. And then she had a couple other, uh, one in Wichita. And then she was running the online division uh, up in somewhere north where they're at. But anyway, so long story short, we made the decision, hey, let's move to Branson for no reason. Like one, uh, you know, one for obviously the business, two, to get closer to family. Um, my family lived up here and uh, her family lived down there as well too. Her mother and, and father lived in Kansas City at the time. And so we decided to move and um, and, and kick it off. Okay. And push forward into it. Um, we moved in August of 2016, and uh, within about 30 days, I'd found a, a residency at a at a venue in Branson, uh, Stonegate Glass Chapel. Okay. And shout out to Doug and Doty. They they got there me kind of the start into all of that. And uh, Doug so and Doug and Doty, and uh, they owned two venues at the time, and um, uh, it was it was a great spot to start out with. You know, I'm starting out with just iTunes and a couple different computers and mixing music. I knew music well. I knew how to talk on a microphone. I knew how to do basic announcements and stuff, but it, it was very self-taught. I had no idea. Yeah. I was literally just the press button play DJ. Yeah. You I know? mean, Hey, we all start there. I was just pressing buttons on my camera. Yeah. Until I figured it out. Yeah. I'm but. like, Oh, get low works right now. This is awesome. <laughs> little John. Uh, and that's, you know, I'm, I'm little, in little Branson. John? You're calling him little John. Yeah. Little John's on the dance floor saying, shake your booty. And so, <laughs> We're going to censor that. We're going to censor that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> booty. Actually, what's funny about that, I actually had a grandmother come up to me one time at that venue and said, I don't want you to play any music tonight that says the word booty in it. Ooh. Okay. Is that the most outrageous request you've ever had? Uh, no, there's others, but that was the first. <laughs> <laughs> kicked everything off. And so, you know, I, I worked there uh, for, I worked there until the beginning of 2018, mid part of uh, 2018. And uh, so 
when I got hired on there, I was like, you know what? I, I told my wife, I said, I think we can start marketing myself. I'll get some content. I will, I'll get some photos of myself uh, on a microphone, you know, with dance parties. We kind of create this whole thing and, and that'll help me give the push that I wanted. I talked to the owners of the venue and they were like, absolutely. They were all for me, you know, running out and doing my thing. And, and again, I, I really appreciate them being so open to that. But um, we started marketing ourselves the end of 2016. Uh, my brother-in-law gave me a job mowing, mowing and weed eating yards down in the Branson area. And uh, so I'm, I'm weed eating and I'd get a call, you know, come into the, the, the company and, um, you know, I'm like, shut the weed eater off and sitting out there at 102 degree weather. And I'm like, Merp Entertainment, how can I help you? You know, <laughs> <laughs> this is Denny. And um, Merp never sleeps. Merp never sleeps. We never stop. We just keep going. If, if you hear the weed eater in the background, that's that's why. Yeah. But um, but yeah, man, like I, I'd, I'd pull off on the side of the road and, and take a console and just, you know, you, you get hungry. Yeah. And uh, it was a very hunger uh, and humble moment, you know, as you grow up in mm -hmm. your business a little yeah, bit. Um, and uh, Faith asked me one day, my wife is Faith, and she said, uh, so when when do you stop doing all of this? And we do our company full time. Yeah. And I'm sure you probably had the same or yeah, a similar it's an question. Important question. And uh, I told her we were towards the end of, it was about third, fourth quarter of, sep of uh, 2017. I said, when we get to a point where I can surpass 50% of my income from, from Stonegate mm -hmm. and from the income that I was making by mowing and weed eating yards, then that's when we'll take the company full time. Yeah. And so we, we set out a business plan. Uh, we went into January 2018 with 42 events and we had surpassed, we were at like 63% of the income that I had made prior year already booked and scheduled for the 2018 season. Yep. And I'm like, full, full force, let's do this. We're going to make this happen. Yeah. Uh, this is mine. This is my business. And we grew up very quickly. And so it was really interesting how, um, how that all kind of came around. I met Brock later on that year struck up a great friendship and uh, started conversations. And he's like, now was he elevated at the time? He was, was elevated he by brought? himself. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he came into the market and he's got a very unique story. And I, I'm, I'm excited to potentially bring him onto the show uh, at some point in time and, and have him kind of share his founder story. But uh, you know, he, he started years and years and years prior uh, with a, a national wide company and then started elevate in 2017, actually elevate turn six, I want to say today, if I remember correctly. Ooh, happy anniversary. Uh, uh, or seven, actually. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Back that up for a second. Um, but yeah, Brock was by himself. It was it was uh, Brock. It was Elevated Entertainment by Brock Barton. Yeah. Okay. And uh, isn't it still at least on nope, some of the marketing? Just says? Elevated Entertainment is okay. all it is now. So, okay. uh, so yeah, he started uh, right at basically the same year that I had started with our company full time and, and pushing into it. And we really didn't know of each other until later on in 2018, I came up with this wild concept of, uh, called it a wine and wedding tour. Okay. It was super cool. Um, you know, clients were able to come in and, uh, and or sign up. It was like 20 bucks, if I remember correctly, for a couple. And uh, they, they were able to go out in a limousine and tour eight different venues. And they had... They had vendors at each one. They had food. They had wine. They had, there was this whole thing. It was really, really cool. And, 
Does WebKC do something similar to that now? So or, they do no? something similar to it, but it, it's it. I don't think they're bussing people around. I think you okay. can just go each venue. I got you. Okay. But uh, that's kind of actually where it was funny because the four one seven had never seen anything like this before, and they started doing venue or wedding tours mm. uh, on specific days post their bridal show, and uh, so it was really interesting how that it, it it almost kind of started that trend a little bit down in the four one seven area. Um, I don't give myself credit for that, but it was just funny how kind of all that kind of came about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, and that's kind of the way the wedding industry start, you know, works now anyways. You yeah. Know, you, I mean, you, it, there's definitely ripple effects yeah. within the industry. So yeah. like we'll do something and then you'll see like as it proves to be successful, of course, other businesses, mm-hmm. everybody's just trying to survive, right? Yeah. Everybody wants to make it. Everybody wants to continue to be uh, working full time, of course, yep. like we all want to feed our families. And so it, it takes literally a village of different entrepreneurs coming together mm-hmm. and working, uh, candidly with each other and just, I don't know, letting each other kind of use different ideas that we're all, uh, we're all kind of coming up with and everybody's just trying new things. So it is yeah. cool. It's cool to see, like, I don't, I never, I never take it personally whenever people want to take ideas that maybe we've, uh, kind of, pioneered i'm not gonna say we invented but right. like we we maybe pioneered it in the area and so like you'll you'll see yeah one of the of things like i always say it this way is is other vendors can pick up things that you're doing yeah but they'll never do it the way that you do it yeah and and that's what makes it unique like i'm you know you have to be able to bring something different to mm-hmm. the table um in order for your clients to to become your clients. Um, they're not going to just pick you out of a hat because you were there. And sometimes that does happen. Like you're in the right place, right time. People are like, Hey, that works for me. I don't want to do any more searching. We've all had those clients and you will have more of them. Um, but for the most part, what does get you continued business is how you operate your business and, and what people are going to remember about you when they're done. Um, and so, yeah, I had some very dear friends of mine that I had met, uh, in 2018 when I had my company and they were opening up a venue and, uh, I looked at them and, you know, and, and what they were offering and it was an old church and, uh, it was, it was decorated like your old grandma's church in the, in the middle of a farm area. Yeah. And they were just like, I don't know if we're going to be able to make this happen. Uh, you know, what is this going to look like? And I'm like, guys, like paint it, put it together, make it look good. People, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And more importantly, they, they're not really purchasing your, your, your product or your, they are getting your service. Yes. But Mm -hmm. they're really, they're really booking you. That's the whole reason why when you said, you know, earlier, uh, people wanted Austin. Yeah. People were looking for Austin. And, and then what you figured out was later on, at least this is what I heard you say, Mm -hmm. uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think people were figuring out somehow Austin was bleeding through and pushing into the rest of your team. Yeah. And I mean, and I'll, I'll say that is definitely how it started. Um, and now obviously Aventi wouldn't be anywhere without that bleed through of the team into mm. Aventi. And so, uh, what is really cool is once you're like, when you're starting, that is very much the case. Like everything you do is bleeding into this persona of like, Hey, this is who we are. This is how we do things. Mm-hmm. Like when you go to, a, when a couple goes to a wedding show, they got like, you got five minutes with them maybe. Um, and they, during that interaction, 
with you, they're trying to figure out who you are. Mm -hmm. Obviously, what you do, what your prices are, sometimes it's very shallow. But if you can somehow project who you are to them, you are more likely going to get them to stick around for that full five minutes or that full 10 minutes or maybe even book them at the show. Um, And so Aventi... Yeah, very much so. Like it, it definitely started as like a, hey, this is Austin. This is what Austin wants to do kind of thing. And then as we grew and, and we started adding in these different talents and we started getting people and they started learning and becoming mm-hmm. their own individual artists, that became who Aventi now is. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah, so. it's a unique set of, of artists that come together or creatives. Yeah. That, and uh, I call it a collective now. So yeah. like to, at least to our team, like we're a collective of artists that have come together for a sole purpose. And that purpose is to give our couples a really unique experience mm-hmm. with professionals that, that care about them. Basically, mm-hmm. Like we yeah. want to care about our couples. We want to give them a great experience. They get married hopefully once. And we want that one time to be uh, something that we as professionals can be a part of. Yeah. I think as an entrepreneur, I know in 2018, it was really interesting as we were growing up in our business, you know, going on our second year, honestly, uh, a full business. We were trying to really figure out the identity of who we were. I mean, we knew it was family oriented. We knew a lot of it all revolved around me specifically. Some of it was my wife. She was out doing a few events here and there. And we were trying to figure out like, how do we expand this? How do I dole out basically who I am and what I'm doing? And, and it was really interesting. Some of the best relationships that I've had in this industry have all been really organic. And even meeting Brock, like I had a conversation with Brock in like June of 2018 and just kind of shared my heart with him and shared the the concept and the goals and the ideas and we actually ended up doing a wedding together. Um, I was offering officiant services, photo booth services, DJ, obviously. And we were doing weddings, private events. Um, I had a contract with my daughter's school. So I was doing all of their production, um, doing all of their school dances, everything like that. So my daughter grew up with me doing all, she didn't, she never had a bad DJ. Mm. Never, never. Cause I was like, I'm not going to let you. <laughs> um, even my, my middle daughter, when she graduated, I called her school district. Cause I, I you know, I, I, since then had stopped. Uh, from COVID, you know, obviously mm-hmm. everything shut down because uh, my oldest daughter, she graduated year COVID happened. Yeah. So she basically didn't have to go to school for like the four months of 2020. Yeah. Um, and neither did my middle daughter. Well, when she graduated, the you know, two years later on, um, you know, I called the school district and I was like, hey, I, I'm doing her wedding. I'm do- not her wedding, but I'm doing her, her prom. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do her prom. And here's kind of the here's why, and this is what I want and so on and so forth. And so mm-hmm. we worked out a deal to make that happen. But, um, yeah, I did her problem. I'm like, I'm not going to let my kids have a bad experience. And I think as a parent, and I know, you know, uh, as friends, we don't want anyone around us to have a, a bad experience. Yeah. And, uh, because we believe that we're presenting one of the best experiences that we possibly can. And, yeah. and I think that that's what, that's what really sparked some of the business side of things for Brock and I is I think he saw, my heart and the business mind that I have and wanted to help or bring that in and incorporate it. He was starting to expand elevate at that time. Yeah. And we were at a kind of a crossroads. I told my wife, I was like, what are we going to do here? Or we either expand or we stay small. Right. And when we really sat and talked about it, I was like, I'm not doing this to stay small. I'm doing this to make an impact. I'm not doing this to be big either. I'm doing this to make an impact. Right. And so I saw a vision and a mission. I saw a, a, a long-term concept here of 
how can I be impactful in people's lives? You know, you hear this all the time. DJs can make or break a wedding. And it's very true. Like if you're not a good DJ, I hope someone tells you so you can become better. Like honestly. Yeah. Um, and it, I had a few of those people tell me that like some good feedback. Yeah. I mean, everybody's going to go through that, um, of being inadequate at their job at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's how you respond to that and it's how you care. Yep. Um, if you don't care and you're inadequate, then you should just get out. Um, of the industry, <laughs> not to be harsh, but like this, this place is definitely a unique space um, as far as industries go, where you can't just show up and just do it. Uh, you can, you can do it at mm-hmm. technically, yes, you shouldn't. Um, you're impacting people's lives. We, yeah. we definitely believe that at Aventi is that like we, every year we have an end of year meeting and we talk about how we impact people um, and how many people we've impacted. Yeah. Last year we impacted over twenty thousand people, and that, like that—that's that's wild to think about. Yeah, in one way or another, you are impacting them. You're impacting uh, them the day of the event. You're impacting them the leading up to that event. Yeah. You're impacting them after the event, like their memories. Um, even on the DJ side of things, like what did they remember about the mm-hmm. dance floor? Was it an awkward experience? Did their family have a good time? They spent a lot of money and time and and thought preparing for this really specific occasion. They just want to enjoy it. Yeah. A lot of the times there's, there's a, just a simple request there. And that is just like, Hey, we want professionals. We want to enjoy our day. Mm -hmm. It's, it doesn't get too much more uh, crazy than that. I mean, you'll have the occasional, uh, you'll have the occasional (laughs) stories where people are in it for the wrong reason, maybe, or, or they're, they're just kind of trying to have this crazy event. Um, but I would say for the most part, for the most part, yeah, you have couples that just care. I'm really excited as we dive deeper into a lot of these things is the ups and downs from, from a, a creative, from a talent in the, in, in even from the entrepreneurial part of it, yeah. like where you feel kind of like, um, best way to put this is, is almost on an Island. It's like, I've done this 10, 15, 20,000 times. It feels like, and I'm just kind of like, Oh my gosh, what, what else is there? What else can I do? What else can I be? And there are moments in that I know that in future episodes, I want to talk about a lot more, uh, how, you know, you get into kind of a rut almost. And I I know a lot of the professionals have been in the industry for a long time, probably listen to this and they'll go, absolutely. I know exactly what you're talking about. And how do you break out of that? How do you keep pushing forward? But um, you know, I think that going from 2018 and 2019, it sparked something so big in my life to be able to come a part of a team. Like Brock went from one person with Elevate in 2017 to four people at the end of 2018 Wow! and just increase it. And then we had, you know, obviously photo booth attendance and stuff like that. And so we went from, uh, you know, again, this just one person. And then in two years, Elevate grew to where there were six people on, t- on the team. And then there was eight people on the team. And as we went through 2019, it was fantastic because we, we decided we, we needed to grow again yeah. and we needed to push into it again. And, uh, 2020 was a hard year for, I think everyone. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy to look back on the numbers. Now we saw a 200% growth increase. We bought another photo booth company. We expanded in 2020 or after 2020 in 2020. Wow. Yeah. Like the, the market. So we had lived in Branson. Our family lived down in Branson. The girls were going to school in a little town called Reed Spring. So we were outside of Branson West is where we were at. 
And uh, we had made the decision because there was just so much business going back and forth. We needed to move to Springfield. Yeah. And so we made the decision, hey, in March, we're going to find a house in Springfield. Moving back from Branson to Springfield? To Springfield, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we made the decision in March of 2020 to move up. And the following week, the whole town shut down. <laughs> we were so excited because, I mean, literally the little town that we lived in was Kimberling City. And it took us 15 minutes to get up to the main road. There was, <laughs> there was a subway. There was a restaurant and there was a grocery store. What was the restaurant? Uh, it was it was called the Bearded Clam at the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you should have called your business. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, I, yeah, no. That would have been that would not have been a DJ company. <laughs> Welcome to the Bearded Clam, a podcast about <laughs> DJs. What? No, I like it, it was. We were super excited to get back to kind of civilization a little yeah. bit, you know, like oh, there's an Applebee's, um, which nobody goes to Applebee's anymore, but, uh, I, I do not accept that. Yeah. I know they have great apps. They do have good apps. We went to Applebee's in Columbia last, uh, actually this last weekend. So back, I just talked to a couple and they had their first date there. Did they <laughs> like Applebee's on a date anyway? So, um, that song could go on and on and on. And that was a whole fad for a little while. And thankfully it's kind of died off, but no. So like we, we were so excited to get back to civilization and then, and then it just shut down. Okay. It just completely shut down. We had a friend of ours that was running a, a restaurant and a bar at the same time. And, and uh, you know, she was really kind of hurting trying to figure out ways to like, you know, how do you make, how do you make this work? Sure. And um, you know, Brock and I had lots of conversations because I, I didn't have a job at the time. I mean, I was DJing and that's all I was doing. And so thankfully we had a plan put together where I started doing a lot more of our sales process and start doing more of the admin side of things and organizing things for Elevate. And so that kept us going. It kept us alive. My wife was working uh, with that restaurant, you know, for her and doing things and running operations for a bar service. And um, it was a little bit of survival of the fittest to be honest with yeah. you. And I look back on that and we both have said at the same time, like if this would have been Merp entertainment, <laughs> we may not have survived. And I know there's a lot of businesses out there that didn't survive, yeah. you know, we had a unique story through 2020 as well, just as far as like that survival story, what it looked like um, to keep going. Cause I was scared. Like we had, we were brand new mm -hmm. um, trying to keep things afloat. And so we came up with unique, a unique uh, kind of package process because mm -hmm. we were like, Hey, we're going to show up. Um, uh, if you aren't going to cancel, we will be there. Yeah. Um, we just kind of committed to that as a, as a, as a collective of people. Um, and so my, my main photographer, Michael at the time, um, still with us, but <laughs> at yeah. the time he was my main photographer, um, like was totally gung ho and ready to serve people in that way too. Um, all of, all of our crew was just kind of on board. And so we actually didn't lose any numbers that year. It was, it was really cool. Um, yeah. but it was only after that, that we saw yeah. our crazy growth. Yeah. So. We saw very little cancellations, lots of reschedules, obviously. And, uh, you know, from March to May was really the time frame that we were shut down completely where we couldn't do anything. Yeah. And I'll never forget the first wedding we had May 9th of 2020 back kind of into the wedding industry. And, and if you know, uh, vendors, you know, that have been in the industry again, like May, June is really one of the biggest times in the springtime for, for weddings. And, uh, so going into that time frame, not really having any income, we were just like, what is going to happen here? And I'll never forget. I had a, I had a bride call me in April and she's like, yeah, we're getting married at, uh, at this venue called silver spoon barn out in Joplin. We do a lot out there. 
And um, she she was like, we're all a bunch of paramedics, doctors, nurses, uh, first responders. And uh, she's like, we're getting married and, and uh, you know, we're going to do it either way. And as of right now, we're believing that May 9th, uh, a lot of the the things will be lifted mm-hmm. outside of town because yep. Silver Spoon sat in Lawrence County just outside of Joplin. They weren't worried. So, yeah, no, county was completely <laughs> different. County was like, let's do it, you know. Yeah. Joplin was still like, no, we're going to keep this on because, you know, the big brother Springfield is uh, still doing their thing. And then Springfield looks at Kansas city and goes, what are you doing? You know? And um, and then nobody looks at St. Louis. Sorry if you're from St. Louis, but um, so uh, she calls me and we, we walk through some pricing and she's like, well, let me, let me see what we can do. And they ended up, they decided to actually go a different route and actually use a friend. It was one of those. And then a week before the wedding, their friend called and said, no, I'm not going to show up. If you're still doing this thing, we're not, I'm not doing it. I don't feel comfortable doing it. So she calls me. She's like, Denny, do you have someone? And I'm like, I, I do. I do. We'll make it happen for you. And she's like, you guys are comfortable with this? And I was like, let me make a phone call just to double check and make sure. But I'm pretty confident my team will be there for you. Sure enough, we went out there and did it. There made it happen. It was our first wedding back from, uh, from COVID. And it just it popped off from there. It just kept going and moving forward. And yeah. we saw tremendous growth in 2020. We navigated a lot. We navigated it as a team. Yeah. We saw tremendous growth moving into 2021. Uh, we decided, hey, we're gonna we're gonna expand our team again. Yeah. We went from four all the way up to nine, wow. and then to twelve. And it was it was a really interesting dynamic of all of the growth that happened. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously there's stumbles and there's, there's things that happen in between there as well that, that, uh, you know, I want, I don't want to take words out of Brock's mouth. Like I said, I want to have him on the, on the podcast at some point in time and share his backstory too. But again, as a business, you see, you kind of, you you make good decisions. You, you may make not some good decisions and, you know, things happen and they, they do this roller coaster. I mean, we're all trying it. It's just, it is very much a roller coaster. It's something that is experimental. Um, to say that we're all experts at running our businesses yeah. is uh, not true. Like it's all new every year. Like there's new things that we have to mm-hmm. approach for the first time. Um, and regardless of what you think you can't handle, you probably can. Um, it's just figuring out how yeah. to do those things and how to do it correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we definitely want to talk about a lot of those things as well. Um, I want to talk about more of our growth and I want to talk about all kinds of different things. Yep. Um, but that's what this podcast is for. This podcast is about how we do it, but how we do it differently mm-hmm. um, and and how we approach weddings in general. And so um, guys, we, we really thank you if you made it this far in the podcast for, <laughs> for hopping through and, and kind of... Uh, uh, sticking, sticking to the story. Um, we hope that in future episodes, we can really address some things that maybe you have questions on and maybe you have questions about things, uh, right now. And you want to ask, well, we'd love you to, I don't know where this is exactly going to be posted, but if there's a comment section, we'd love you to drop a comment, um, or shoot one of us a message on, uh, on, on our mobiles or on Instagram or, or whatever, yeah. um, we, we would love to kind of bring up different topics and talk through our experiences in those areas. So if you're a new wedding vendor and you have questions, please let us know. We'd love to give you some information. We've probably gone through it. Um, or, or maybe you're a, a super successful business owner and you just kind of want to know uh, how we do it. 
or maybe you want to get on the show, let us know. Uh, yep. We'd love to feature you or um, talk about those different things. So yeah. uh, anything else from you? Dave? No, I think that's great. I'm excited for the next one. Yeah. Excited for our next podcast, you know, kind of pushing into more of that uniqueness uh, from, you know, not only the Kansas City wedding industry, but from us and, and pushing into, you know, uh, guests that are going to be on and stuff like that too. So yeah. I'm stoked for this. This is going to be really good. So yeah. stay tuned be on here. You're going to see uh, a lot of really great content that I think will help you find your unique talent, your unique niche in the industry. And there's so much education that's coming our way. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we want to know how you do it differently. Talk to you next time. Peace.